Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is the last show of 2023. Some people may say, great, <laughs> it would be better if it were the last Nobody show. Nobody says that, be better. People see, It would be better if it was the last show ever. Bat, last show of 2023. You know what's interesting? You and I have not done a full five weeks of show, five days of shows in a while because, and we won't until another week from today or yeah, a week that's from, right. Yeah, because Monday is a holiday, so we. Well, you can you can come in. Yeah, I know you're going to be busy. We won't do that. Nobody's listening. On, well, you know, every, <laughs> everybody everybody's asleep on New Year's uh, or on the first day of the year at like seven o'clock in the morning. They're all hungover or or, or they're just going to bed one or the other or something that's like that. That's true. However, you do know that we will have if we don't. Don't already a majority of our listeners just might come through the podcast rather than listening live you know it's interesting it's funny you should mention that i was just uh, before it went on the air i just refreshed our podcast and man i tell you what the numbers are growing um it's interesting um and i have people that tell me that they don't listen to the show live but they do listen to the podcast so you know yeah we started to promote it on social media so it's 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 a great thing that's the reality of 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 everything changing i mean it used to be everything was what they call a linear broadcasting where uh, you know things came at a specific time and they followed one another in an order like you know you like in television perfect example news comes on at five o'clock then you know local news then at five thirty it's the national news then at six o'clock it's local news again and then at six Thirty, it's Wheel of Fortune, and then seven o'clock. It's, <laughs> that's linear broadcasting, and on demand is whenever you want it. It's there for you, which you know is. I do that a lot myself. I'm a big YouTube guy. I love YouTube. By the way, yeah. I keep wanting to mention this. We come out of that spot from uh, Gene Simmons, the Gene Simmons show. Yeah. I have a really good Gene Simmons story of how he was in the studio with me years ago. No way, really. And, yeah, and it was it was interesting because it was one of the first times that he was out in public without makeup. And oh, so he kept the gimmick up for a long time oh, yeah, without, yeah. Oh, he kept yeah. it up in public? Well, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they, they, oh, were, wow. they I, were. I didn't know that. I didn't it was, know that he, it, that he wouldn't appear oh. like, you know, without the makeup on. Well, nowadays he could he could never get away with that because somebody sure, would, you sure. know, would would follow him, somebody would be on his tail, somebody would dog at him and, you know, the paparazzi or just, you know, Joe average social media person. Guess what? I got a picture of Gene Simmons with no makeup right, on. Right, of course. But, uh, but back in the day, it was a little easier to get away with that. But anyway, <laughs> I'll tell the story sometime. It's actually a funny story of what he gave me and which I gave to my brother and my brother threw it away because he hated Kiss. And you to, know, most people, when they say something that Gene Simmons gave them, it's communicable, Brad. I no. hope it wasn't anything communicable. <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> if I had what he gave me, and he personally signed it, if I had what he gave me, I think I could probably get two or $3,000 fart on eBay. Wow. And I am not kidding. I mean, maybe even more than that. Because the interesting thing is, you, you ever watch, do you ever watch um, Pawn Stars? I'm familiar with it, yeah. I haven't watched it much, but I know what it is. The big thing they always push is provenance. You know what I mean? But you know what provenance is? No, I don't. 
Providence is can you can you essentially line it's, in the legal field? I guess it would probably be best known as like line of custody. You know, I mean, or what was it? Was, is that what it is? Line of custody. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. So in other yeah. words, chain other of words, custody. Chain of custody. Chain of custody. Yep. In other words, you you know, the police arrive on the crime scene. Officer Smith picks up the knife. You know, he puts it in evidence bag. The evidence bag is driven back to uh, the the crime lab by Detective Detective Jones. Detective Jones. It's that kind of thing. Right. And the providence is is okay. You know, how did you get this? Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. You know, can you chain? Give me the the chain of ownership. How did you? You know, who did you buy it from? Did your grandma have this in her attic? All that kind of stuff. That's the providence kind of stuff. And I can prove the providence on this because, believe it or not, I have a picture of of Gene Simmons and I. And the interesting thing at the time, you know, now he looks. He's got the. You know, he looks like he's like really overweight, which I think he is. He was a skinny guy, tall, skinny guy. Wow, really? Yeah, and very well dressed. Had on a blazer, you know, blazer and like a like a button down shirt, and you know, nice pair of pants, and you know, nice shoes and the whole bit. And I mean, couldn't have been a nicer guy. And, um, well, I, I tell the whole story sometime. we got time. Uh, John does a website called johncombest.com. It's amazing. He has this website that's named after him, C-O-M-B-E-S-T, johncombest.com. Every day he scours the media, newspapers, Internet, um, you know, TV stations, radio stations, and he comes up with a whole long list of what's going on politi- politically. And not necessarily, sometimes it's not even political. Sometimes it's just events that everybody are sort of like wow i don't believe that's going that's happening right yeah yeah and he puts it into his website and every morning we throw it to john and say john give us the top three the top three today we will go from statewide to most local brad because one of them is right here in our backyard really number three story and you can uh, indulge me for a minute because i'll be self-referential here was yesterday i had the privilege of being on scott fawn's this week in Missouri politics, midweek update right? with our friend Stephanie Bell. So that'll be the number three story today. If you go to my website, I have all the timestamps from the show yesterday to, to go through all the topics that we discussed. The main takeaways are we looked at the biggest headlines and biggest stories from the Missouri legislature in 2023. And then we made predictions for the upcoming year, including where we think the governor's race will land if we had to call a winner today. Uh, events that we expect will happen in 2024. So it was a rip-roaring good time. You can find the link to that at johncombest.com today along with timestamps. If you just want to listen to one minute of it or you want to listen to 60 minutes of it, it's all there. Can I, the number, can I throw ahead, something Brad. in? For reference, yeah. when you mentioned Stephanie Bell, some people may not know who she is, sure, but if you yeah. are in the Columbia Jefferson City area, you probably know exactly who she is. First off, she's been a very high-profile attorney for a long time, um, and mm-hmm. now, in addition to being a high-profile attorney, she does a talk show on station called The Eagle, 93.9 out of Columbia, and uh, does an excellent job and is a sharp-as-attack woman and very much involved in politics as well as she's an entrepreneur, which I think is sort of interesting. She runs a— Yeah, she's fantastic. And and she's argued before the Missouri Supreme Court. When you see a lot of high-profile, as Brad mentioned, legal cases involving, you know, especially campaign finance, her uh, her and Mark uh, Ellinger— handle a lot of campaign finance law. So all the intricate things, when Brad and I say, hey, we're not sure exactly how that works, 
Stephanie Bell would be able to tell you exactly how you that know, works. So she and she did a phenomenal job on the show as as expected yesterday. I need to call her about something. I've got a I've got a question uh, on on uh, elections, something to do with radio. I don't know if she would know that part of the law, but I need to at least shoot I her. I bet in she a- would if it's radio and law and campaign finance. Steph will know it. Yeah. Okay. I, I will. I will get in contact with her. Okay. <laughs> the uh, the number two story is Crystal Quaid, who is the leader of the Democrats in the Missouri House and running for governor in the Democratic primary for 2024. Her main flagship proposal for the 2024 session is eliminating all taxes on groceries. And if this sounds like a campaign gimmick, it just might be. But she believes that we can that the state of Missouri can make up whatever revenue would be lost in grocery tax by luxury tax. First of all, a uh, 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 tax on yachts, a specific tax on yacht owners, uh, which it, uh, hopefully will make anyone chuckle. I don't know how many yacht owners, you know, Brad, but, but well, I'm sure they're out there. And then secondly, uh, an increased tax on foreign land ownership. So, for example, when the Chai comes or the Russians, or even the Germans own farmland in Missouri, we should tax them a little bit more. The catch of all this, as you might expect, to head off your question, Brad, and question (laughs) many of our listeners, would be how in the world are local municipalities going to make up their grocery tax? Now, for Crystal Quaid's part, she says that the state can set up a fund to help these local municipalities make up that lost revenue. To be fair, I haven't read... If, if she's been more specific about exactly that, what that local government fund would look like, I don't know. Um, but she says she has a plan for that. So in my opinion, offering my analysis here, it's, it's a fantastic gimmick. In a year where everybody's just getting taxed to death, when you go to the grocery store and you can't believe how much you're paying, um, I think it's a really smart gimmick for her. Well, I, I'll tell you right up front, I'm against – and I'll never, I, I don't have a yacht, will never own a yacht because, first off, I'm not a boating kind of guy. Even if I turned into a multimillionaire or billionaire like, like Bezos or something like that where he's on the deck of his, what, 400-foot, <laughs> It's not at that point in time, it's not a yacht, it's a ship. It's like, you yeah. know, but I've all, I'm against, like, tax the rich kind of stuff. That's that's AOC kind of stuff. You know what I mean? That's it what, is. Tax yeah, the rich. It, it, yeah, it's, it's obviously class, it's class warfare. Right. And it's the idea of... Why can't those people just pay a little bit more? Well, but they already pay a bunch. What is what is the the number? I keep I, it changes all the time, but some crazy number that like the top five percent of of the the uh, you know the top five richest yeah, the top tax bracket right, for sure. Well, the top five percent of rich people in the country pay like eighty percent of the taxes. Yeah, uh, of course. And, and but you know, there's a lot of people, Brad, that would tell you based on today's social conditioning, that it's only right that people that, that people that have a lot of money should should sacrifice that for people who choose to well, for people who don't have that money, let's say. Well, I'll try to not be politically biased here. Don't get me going on that because you know what? I mean can can I tell you you're gonna you're gonna roll your eyes when I tell you this. The problem is our educational system. Mm-hmm. And you're going like, okay, why is our education well, why is that? Yeah. Okay, why is that? Because what do teachers teach? They teach their career path. Go to high, go to junior, you know, go to grade Absolutely school, right. yep. go to middle school, go to high school, get good grades, get a college degree, and that's their career path. And how, how do they get that college degree? They take on a ton of debt. Well, now they do. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and then they're angry about it 
And then they want the government to come in and say, you don't have to pay that money that you borrowed. Right. Well, don't go there with me on I, that. You know what? I might, <laughs> a highlight of the show yesterday was Scott Fawn is not, uh, to put it mildly, not a fan of the Missouri educational establishment. So I got him ginned up a little bit. And, and you know, that maybe this is my value as being, a, as being either a co-host or a guest, Brad, is just is getting my friends ginned up. So I, I might get you started. Maybe later we'll talk about public radio. Who knows? Well, no, what, but see, let's let do number one, then I'll come okay, back we'll to that. Do number I'll, one. I'll tell you about Closer to home, and yet this still applies to every school district across the state of Missouri because it's a, a great example. The highlight yesterday, or the headline yesterday from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch was that the Francis Howell School District, and I'll read you the Post-Dispatch headline, it says... Francis Howell School Board reinstates black history, black literature courses after blowback. So what you might assume when you hear that headline is that, oh, man, they got weak knees and now they're going back to the old curriculum. No, no. The story gets better and there is a twist. The Francis Howell School Board, it, after hearing so many complaints about the fact that they eliminated black history and black literature classes, came back yesterday and said, okay – we will reinstate black history and black literature, but we're going to take a fresh look at the curriculum and essentially we're going to make sure that there's no white shaming lessons, that we're not teaching that there's one group of oppressors and one group of victims. And because the curriculum is being refreshed, the social justice warriors are apoplectic. So I have a link to this up today. Of course, once again, if you don't believe in supporting the St. Louis Post disgrace, you can click on a very special link on my website to get around the paywall. So the, the bottom line and the takeaway is the, the district will provide elective classes to people who want to take black history, students who want to take black literature, but they're just going to go through it with a fine-tooth comb and make sure we're not labeling one group of students as oppressors and others as victims. And is, is that – and, and I know this is a, a question that you probably wouldn't have expertise on because, I mean, I don't mean to make it sound like you don't know what you're talking about. You right. do. But is that what a lot of the, the classes are, that it's like 1619 Project where, you yeah, know. That... They're based on, and, and for example, the curriculum that the, that the Hazel, uh, Hazelwood, there's, there's our local bias there, Brad, that Francis Howell School District threw out. Was, was developed by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And most folks will probably recognize that name, but they're a group now that's focused on, essentially anytime you get a group of white people together, it's declared white supremacy. <laughs> and any kind of a group that's patriotic is, is defined as enforcing white supremacy. So the, the, the old curriculum was actually developed by the Southern Poverty Law Center, and it was developed by a man that used to work at the University of Missouri named LeGarrette King, who, of course, as Brad knows, is the author of the fantastic book called We Be Lovin' Black Children. And that curriculum is now out, and we're going to have, I say we, Francis Howe School District is going to have fresh curriculum. Man, I don't know. You know, but I guess the thing that I get is, you know, years ago, and when I was a young whippersnapper, an older gentleman said to me, and it sort of it sort of reverberated through the years. He says, "There's no, there's no, um, no exception for experience." Mm, and, yeah. and the idea being is that that you can't beat 
you know, I mean, like you said, you, 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 we talked about the fact, I think we talked about it yesterday. Um, you do what's the 10, the 10,000 hour rule, you know, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where in other words, somebody came out with a book and they said that if someone does something, if they've done it for 10,000 hours, they are an expert. You could be an airline pilot. Obviously, if you look at some of these guys who are airline pilots, they've got way more than 10,000 hours of flight sure. time. So, you know, I mean, Alan Barklage had in a helicopter, I think he had like 26,000 hours. And you figure that out, and I figured it out one day. That would be, I think it was something akin to flying 24 hours a day, seven days a week for like three years. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, that time adds up. Right. You just, but the idea being is that you look back in this, and this is me looking back on my education. And I kid about the fact that if, and so every once in a while, I'll get into a little bit of a skirmish with the teacher, you know, because I say, well, you know, I'll tell them how I feel about the educational system and stuff like that. And they go, well, you probably have classes that have, are, have helped you through your entire career. And I said, you're right. Driver's ed and typing. You know? yeah, and, absolutely. And they always get mad at that yeah. because of the fact that that's not the classes that are, quote unquote, supposed to matter. You know, I mean, yep, absolutely. And, but yet you and I. What it will, at least me, what do I do all day? I type and I drive. And drive, yeah. Those I, are, yep, those are the main two things. I yep. go, I go see clients. You know, I go to, I go. Matter of fact, today, I have some business I have to have to, have to take care of in St. Charles. I have another place I have to drop something off. I then I have to go down to our our crap transmitter site down there in Crapville. By the way, do you know we have our own little city? Do you know that Crapville? I didn't know that KRAPville. Yeah, for, for those who were listening and transcribing this using their typing skills, it's <laughs> right. KRAPville. Right, Crapville, right? not CRA, but Crapville. Um, <laughs> I'll probably knock out, I don't know, 100, 150 miles today. And once again, before I went on the air, I typed stuff in my computer. I'm typing stuffing on my on my little. Uh, I mean, it's a little different on your on your smartphone. But when I get off the air, I go into the studio. I'll chop up this show. I have to write, you know, all the information. Um, you know, I break down, give a little synopsis. That's all typing. Then I get get file some government forms, you know, end of the year kind of stuff. Got to, you know, go another, you know, in my office, type. Once again, typing and driving. And, yeah, and, and I would – now, the, the caveat I would have, the asterisk is I also use skills from shop class. Well, I took several shop classes, and I've taught my kids – Righty tighty, lefty loosey. Uh, well, you see, know all these other important lessons from shop class. See, exactly right. I'm the same way. But see, I'm a nerd, man. I love tools. I work with my hands. You know, I if I told you the tools I have, some you know sometimes people will go like, "What are you gonna?" I've got an Esob MIG welder. I have I have oxyacetylene. Wow. I was gonna get you a used drill press for Christmas, Brad. <laughs> I but want I guess a drill press. I don't have a drill press. It's funny you should mention <laughs> that. I could probably get one from Kirby Junior High. Uh, you know, somebody probably has one in a storage shed somewhere. I probably have, I don't know, right now, probably five different drills, five different battery drills. I've got Makita. And, and it's weird because I have different uses for the various battery packs. I've got Makita, I've got uh, DeWalt. And I've got Milwaukee, and I, you know, and every year when there's like a Black Friday sale, I usually go buy tools. And the crazy part of it is, this is my weird thing: is I buy the combo pack that has like the drill and the battery packs and stuff like that, and I'll take the battery packs out, and then I'll put the drill and the charger on eBay. And because of the fact that the crazy thing about it is, if you go buy the battery pack, I've had this happen several times. You can go buy a, a you know a, a, a Black Friday sale. You can go buy a Milwaukee drill with a charger and two batteries. It's ninety nine dollars. Each of the batteries is worth like eighty nine dollars. Nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> so well, as words, we learned yesterday, Brad, you just get everything from Timu. 
So I don't know what you're talking about. I've never, you know? I've never bought anything from Timu. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to me, you're that's an Alibaba guy. You go to Alibaba and stuff. I don't. I don't even do Alibaba. People, people go like, "What's Alibaba?" Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about the next break. Okay. Yes. Uh, it is seven twenty-one. 